0: Hey, it's Liz Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. Before you get to the show, make sure you check out theringer.com for our extensive NBA playoff coverage leading up to the NBA Finals. Also look out for our 2019 NBA Draft Guide, which now features 50 of Kevin O'Connor's scouting reports. The Draft Guide has a first-round mock draft, big board rankings from our draft experts like Jonathan Charks and Danny Chow, and much more to come leading up to the draft itself on June 20th. Once again, check out The Ringer's 2019 NBA Draft Guide and all of our NBA coverage over on TheRinger.com.
1: Yo, 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 this is Donnie Quack at The Ringer. Joining me are my colleagues Miles Suri, Chris Almeida, and Kate Nibbs. We are gathered here in our New York studio for a Recapables on the HBO show, Barry, starting now. Barry is the creation of Bill Hader and Alec Berg. Hader plays the titular character, a former Marine sniper from Cleveland turned cold contract killer, turned aspiring L.A. actor. But can Barry escape his dark past? This is the central conflict of the show. In the first season, Barry won three Emmys, including acting nods for Hader and Henry Winkler as his acting coach, Gene Cousineau. More Emmys are very likely to come for this great show, whose second season concludes with a finale on Sunday. More on that in a minute. But first to my panel, why do we love Barry? Chris.
2: It is a shockingly funny show for uh, how dark it is, you know, being a show that is about an assassin. It shows a lot of assassinations. It has a lot of great one-liners, a lot of really biting irony, and just a lot of things that they've done, like varying the length of the opening credits, the opening... uh, little fanfare, it has so much effect in such little space. I just think what they've done there is really
1: brilliant. Kate Nibbs, why do we love Barry?
0: At the risk of sounding like Gene Cousineau, the character work. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Barry really flirts tonally with different uh, elements. Like sometimes it's really dark. Sometimes it's like sort of surreal and absurd. But the characters always feel extremely real. They feel like actual people and I love it.
3: Miles, it's like super cool. <laughs> Sorry, I, it the no Hank impression yeah, coming wh- out, which early. is also yeah. a little Tommy Wiseau-ish. It's it's kind of one and the same. But uh, no, yeah, there's like a you know, there's been a lot of shows that sort of have looked at like. The Sopranos and Breaking Bad have taken that sort of, like, dark, depressing, like, white like male—
1: a- anti-hero shows. Yeah,
3: yeah, those anti-hero shows and, like, tried to replicate what those shows did to varying degrees of success. Like, I don't know if you guys have watched Ozark on Netflix, but for people complaining about lighting on Game of Thrones, like, you're in for a real <laughs> treat if you ever watch that show. But I think, like, along with Better Call Saul, which is a Breaking Bad, like, prequel, I think Barry's kind of the best of these anti-hero shows, and it sort of— fills that, like, kind of dark, depressing anti-hero void. But also, like Chris is saying, it's also, like, one of the funniest and, like, kind of weirdest shows on TV.
1: Yeah, I mentioned the central conflict. I, I really appreciate sort of the tension between honesty and denial, and that's kind of within each and every character. So let me quickly bring you guys and you listeners up to speed on the plot. Obviously, we're 15 episodes deep here now into the second season, so I won't recap the whole thing. But as I mentioned, the finale is on Sunday— The first season, you'll remember, ended, spoiler alert, with Barry killing Detective Janice Moss at the vacation home of his acting coach and Moss's boyfriend, Gene Cousineau, played by Henry Winkler. In season two, there are a bunch of twists and turns. Barry tries his darndest to dedicate himself to acting, but his old criminal mentor, Monroe Fuchs, and the lovable gangster, the aforementioned Noho Hank, now the head of the Chechen mob, keep pulling Barry back. Moss's partner, Detective Loach, Tracks Barry down via Fuchs, but instead of arresting him, Loach enlists Barry to kill the man who's having an affair with Loach's wife. Many hijinks ensue, and that's in episode five, which we will discuss in a minute. Eventually, Barry spurns Fuchs, who then tries to get his revenge by pinning the Moss murder on him. On all the while, Barry's girlfriend Sally is finally finding herself as an actress by sourcing her own life trauma with an abusive ex-boyfriend. A lot of plot in season two's penultimate episode, episode seven. Barry's chickens may be finally coming home to roost as we're left with another big cliffhanger. Fuchs has led Cousineau to Moss's body in the trunk of her car at his vacation home, and the episode ends with Fuchs pointing his gun at Cousineau's head. What a cliffhanger. So guys, what's your tweet-length review of season two?
2: My tweet-length review is, it was a good decision to leave Los Angeles.
1: You mean personally for yourself? Yes,
2: yes. I mean, well, I think it would be a good decision for a lot of people. Weird town, weird industry, a lot of fire. Don't like it.
1: (laughs) So Chris gleaned from season two of Barry that LA is a drab town that he's glad he fled. (laughs) A lot of murder, I guess. Yeah. A nice Lululemon, though, that Barry has a part-time gig at. Kate, what's your tweet length review?
0: uh to borrow a term from Noho Hank super evil <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow we have our second noho hank impression
0: i think the first one was better um but yeah the show is really going we're broke with the darkness and i like it yeah
3: and miles ah uh, shit here we go again <laughs> uh it just like season 2 follows like a really familiar pattern to last year where every time tries to get away from that life of killing he just gets sucked back in and it just gets even worse for him and you know it's just an endless cycle of murder which sounds horrible but it, it's sounds still like really game funny like Game of Thrones <laughs> yeah it kind of does <laughs> he's going to blow up that septum yeah. wildfire it's going to be nuts my tweet length
1: review best cold opens in the game uh, Chris you mentioned it but every episode has a cold open and then the crashing theme song and the title Barry uh, reads across the screen and It's very effective, and they do it in a creative way every time. Uh, Here's a bonus question for you guys. And, Miles, maybe I'll start with you. Since you've written about Barry for TheRinger.com. Great website. Do you think Season 1 or Season 2 has been better?
3: Honestly, I I think I might like Season 2 a little better. I think it kind of doubles down on all the themes established in Season 1. And I have seen the finale, and I I think it ends on a really good note. I— that was a really Screener, good cliffhanger. Life. It was just yeah. sitting right there. I was like, do I just patiently wait until I record this pod? It was like a Friday night. I had takeout. Um, I was just surrounded by cats. And I was like, I, I got to do this. So, Miles, yeah, I Miles, think, Miles I think lives it's in good. a cat cafe.
1: <laughs>
3: Basically. Yeah. Everyone who works here seems to. You know. Well, they're good pets. <laughs>
1: what about you guys, Kate? Chris? Kate, did you like- Do
0: I live in a cat cafe? No. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, no. But, uh, do, did yeah. you like
1: season one or season two better? Or are they equal in your mind?
0: Mm, they're kind of equal in my mind. I I tend to like second seasons better because you sort of— You know dis- the characters yeah. better. Yeah. So I guess in that sense. But, you know, season one was pretty perfect season of television, so I don't want to dismiss it.
1: Yeah, I mean, people were even saying at the end of season one, they didn't necessarily feel like there needed to be a season two because it ended kind of cliffhanger-y but in a perfect way. Mm-hmm. I think I— Lean a
2: bit towards season two just because of recency bias. But I, I also agree with Kate in that both, I think, were really good. Both did a good job of capitalizing on the central themes. And maybe I'm more impressed by season two just because it managed to string those out without feeling stale at all. Yeah. Uh, and that's a pretty impressive thing.
1: I mean, we met—so season one essentially is about Barry beginning to transform. And then season two, I would say, the main theme is how difficult it is to change or to escape his past. But interestingly, I noticed this, that in season one, Barry kills Chechens, Bolivians, his friend Chris, Moss. And he actually doesn't kill anybody until maybe the finale in season two. So there's less killing, but somehow it's more dark, which I think is interesting. All right. So double clicking on season two now. What was your favorite episode of this season? I'll start with you, Kate.
0: I really loved episode seven, the audition. I really thought that the character of Sally came into her own, really into focus in that episode with that terrific monologue that she delivers. Amazing while monologue. Yeah, running lines uh, with Barry, who got an audition because he was very tall. <laughs> <laughs> I have never had a director session for a feature, which is the same thing as a movie, P.S. Yes. And I have been doing this for way longer and... I think you'd agree that I am way better. I made you. And I'm actually represented by Gersh. Well, at least it was. I don't even know if they brought me anymore after what I said in there today. But still, at least it held my ground because I am an artist, okay? An artist and this is not fucking art. But then, I mean, to be honest, of course I'm so happy for you. I mean, of course I want you to get this part and I want to be the one to help you learn your lines and fix your inflections. But I need you to know that if you do get it, it's going to make me like like a hundred times more insane. Okay.
1: Swim instructors.
0: Yeah, swim instructors. <laughs> I also like kind of wanted to see that movie as a former swim instructor. I was like, sounds kind of funny, to be honest. But just the tension that it built to, I'm I'm worried about Gene Cousineau. I don't want him to die. I'm worried about what... I'm very invested in how this is all going to unfurl for the characters and... I just thought, like, the the pacing, the execution of this plotline has been really excellent.
2: What about you, Chris? I'm going to agree with Kate. I loved episode seven. I think that, again, like, that monologue from Sally is really, it's really gripping, and it makes you, at the same time, very... Sad, and it has all these like little clauses within it, though, where you see her like vanity or kind of like douchey LA personality, where she's like, Oh, it, well, we call them features, and it's like, Oh, c- <laughs> relax. And then they slip in like deadpan things throughout the episode, like, It's that time of the month for revenge being the tagline for the show, like. <laughs>
1: It's, what, what was the show called again?
2: Uh, payback, payback Ladies. Wa- payback Ladies. <laughs> <laughs> payback Ladies. Like, the way that they shift between something that's so serious, where you are really worried about the lives of characters, and then into just this totally absurd comedy one-liner uh, type of feel, it, it, I think they did it best in that episode.
1: I agree with episode seven, too. Kate mentioned Sally's monologue. Also, Noho Hank's monologue <laughs> when he's about to well i'm gonna actually quote him we, we're not doing quotes yet but he says uh I can't do the no-ho yeah, you, you should just try. I
0: couldn't either, and I went ahead anyway. I'm just
1: going to do it in Donnie Quark voice, but because I did not have the courage to stand up and be my true self, a nice guy. and, and Instead,
3: chose pants on fire existence. We are all on the barbecue bus. So, guys, I am really sorry for uh, convincing you I was ruthless leader. I will regret it for the rest of my life, probably two more minutes. So, in closing, hopefully there's afterlife, and I can host you all in cabin and make you delicious appetizers. Wouldn't that be something,
1: guys? Guys, guys. Miles, what was your favorite episode of season two?
3: I liked the fifth episode, which was the crazy taekwondo one. Ronnie Lily. It was yeah, called. Ronnie Lily. One of
1: two that Bill Hader directed. He directed episode five and the finale, which
3: yeah, on Sunday. And, and he directed a few episodes in season one too. He's he's a pretty good director. Yeah. But yeah, I just thought the setup was hilarious. It kind of reminded me of like some of the otherworldly, like surreal flourishes of Atlanta, where. Mm. It just feels like it's in a sort of heightened state. Obviously, a lot of that is through Ronnie's feral karate daughter.
1: Feral mongoose? Yeah, as who, Uh it.
3: clearly she trained at the Karate Kai Dojo under Sensei, Crease. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she should come for Cobra <laughs> Kai yeah, season three. She,
3: she's got to be in it. Uh, I also read, I think it was an interview with the New York Times. Apparently, uh, that girl's like the daughter of two uh, stunt performers. So it just it all makes sense. But yeah, I thought it was just like a really fun departure. It had probably the best fighting of the whole show. And I think it sort of opens up new avenues for season three where they could experiment with like one-offs as well in in different ways. Yeah,
1: episode five was kind of the most divisive, I guess, episode online of Barry. Uh, You mentioned Atlanta. It had like Teddy Perkins vibes a little bit. I saw people mentioning Pine Barren's episode from The Sopranos as a one-off what did you guys make of it?
0: It really reminded me of Pine Barrens. Like, the fact that the girl kept <laughs> disappearing and popping up again. And she, she reminded me of that dude they tried to kill who just kept living.
2: I guess I didn't like it so much just because I— I watched it in a in a binge next to Donnie. Uh, he was very upset for, with me for watching it on a computer and doing other things while I was watching. These millennials, but, they can't just do yeah. one thing at
1: a time. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but, you know, I was following along with all the plot threads. And really, this episode, while it did further the plot, I feel like a lot of the details that, you know, you're supposed to— Except don't matter in this episode, like Barry just walking out of the store at the end or Fuchs just hitting the police cars and then driving away, his ear not getting infected (laughs) after it gets bitten off by the feral child, like the child jumping onto the roof. Sitting there like a gargoyle for what seemed to be many hours in a, in a suburb where two guys are bleeding in a car and waiting for her, we're supposed to accept that no one like walked by. So fast forwarding to picking
1: nits now, they're all in episode five. It,
2: it just,
3: These are all good things, it's all things I liked about it.
2: They, it you know, <laughs> it, it was absurd, but given that the rest of the show kind of follows the same uh, tone in a way. It did throw me off a bit. I did enjoy the nunchucks. I thought that was really fun. I enjoyed the fighting for sure.
1: So you weren't willing to suspend your disbelief for episode five? I wanted to. It was just hard. It was hard. Yeah. As soon as like Lily jumps in the frame like doing Matrix moves and stuff.
2: Right, yeah. After she goes in the house... And is like on the ground like growling then I was like oh, okay what's going on here
0: I liked that I <laughs> I was fully on board with the feral mongoose child but I did at the end of the episode I was like they left so much forensic evidence yeah. on <laughs> at every crime scene like Barry's blood is just everywhere like I, I was like I guess he's not going to get caught for that but
1: yeah, let's let, we'll we'll move on to picking nits in a second. Yeah. <laughs> let's go on to MVPs and LVPs. Miles you wrote on the that among other things Barry has been a show about putting on performances, just literally and figuratively. For you, who's the MVP performance of season 2?
3: I think it's it's Barry and Bill Hader. Kind of looking at it two ways. I think Bill Hader is still giving one of the best performances on TV. He won a a, a Best Actor Emmy uh, for the first season, but like I don't see any reason why he shouldn't win another one. Like, yeah. through and through, just excellent work. And for Barry, the character, it does feel like they're setting him up to sort of fail upwards in the entertainment industry, <laughs> even as he's, like, getting plunged back into the kind of assassin underworld.
1: Could you imagine in real life someone like Barry Berkman being a Hollywood star? like with J- his Just because he's a 6'2"? <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there um, are worse
1: actors out there.
3: Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, there's still a lot of fucked up things going on in his life. Like, there's that Gene Cliffhanger. But uh, compared to, like, other characters on the show, I feel like failing upwards and maybe becoming a movie star isn't, like, the worst (laughs) trade-off. Yeah.
1: In the uh, Tad Friend New Yorker profile of Bill Hader, there's a quote where Bill says, no matter what I do from now on, my obituary is going to say Saturday Night Live star Bill Hader is dead. And maybe, I think, maybe that won't be the case. You know, I mean, depending how... How long Barry goes for. But Kate, who's your MVP performance?
0: It is Sarah Goldberg as Sally.
1: Mm. She breaks out in season two, really.
0: Yeah, because honestly, I didn't really like her character in season one. That wasn't the part of the show that really drew me in. And I I do agree that, like, I mean, Bill Hader's performance is incredible. But I feel like I finally got this character this year. And she's such a perfect caricature of an L.A. actress. (laughs) And yet somehow... You still kind of feel for her. Right. Because
1: it's not just like stereotypically narcissistic. There's Mm -hmm. depth to her that makes her sympathetic.
0: Yeah. And I think she just, she really manages to make her as unlikable as a person like this would be in real life. But you're still drawn to her and you still, you know, you don't want her to be dating a psycho assassin. Who is also doing better in Hollywood um, We should also
1: mention that you for the ringer.com interviewed mm-hmm. Anthony Kerrigan, who uh, of course plays No Ho Hank. What was yes, that like?
0: It was so delightful. He's a really nice guy. It was actually a bit jarring to talk to him in his normal voice. Um, Wait, which, so he doesn't
1: talk like Noho in No Ho Hank at all. No, he's American. <laughs> he's
0: actually from Boston. So
1: <laughs> he's not Chechen. The no.
0: Ringer. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that. Piece and interviewed him because I love NoHo Hank as a character so much. So he is an MVP for me too. Did you
1: know? Do you guys know that a read that? Which I read yesterday that NoHo Hank was originally supposed to die in the pilot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. Thank God that didn't happen.
2: Chris, yeah, Chris. because he is my MVP. And mm. I think that
1: the character. Wait, can we get a NoHo Hank impression from you? We'll we'll get to it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um.
2: He he just says like such interesting unique comedic meter I've like never seen someone really like tumble over bar lines well, he does. it's very um, Andre 3000 just like it's all kind of falling down the stairs and weird rhythms like in that monologue that you were talking about when he's on the bus he's like oh I, I should be I should not be manager of crime syndicate I should be manager of hotel of chain of hotels like weird things like that just weird interruptions and like think. malapropisms
0: yeah. <laughs> that was a little
2: uh, Borat-esque of you by the way oh god <laughs> Rewatchable is coming soon. Um, I, and just things like when he goes into the Lululemon store and he's wearing the the wig, he's like, it's it's me, it's me, Hank, and it's just like, <laughs> oh my god, this is so, such a ridiculous character, and that he's you know a murderer and leads a crime syndicate and all of his things all of his plans revolve around such brutality. It just, the juxtaposition of that is just so funny.
3: It kind of reminds me of the way they used Andy Dwyer in Parks and Rec because he was also intended to be like a one season character at most. But like they fell in love with the guy and they kept him around. And like he's just very different from like what everyone else is doing in the same way that Noah Hank is just like in this world of like assassins and stuff. He's just like, oh, hey guys, like, <laughs> I prepare some sandwiches. going to be so great. Like it's just... It, yeah, he's he's a
2: nice change of pace. Maybe Anthony Kerrigan will be in a Marvel movie soon.
3: Oh, super cool. I <laughs> <laughs> love that.
1: Yeah, I agree with all of you. Hayter, Henry Winkler, Anthony Kerrigan, Sarah Goldberg, and Sally. I think that's really the strength of the show, is that all of these secondary characters are so well-written and uh, well-developed and well-acted. So, did you want to add something, Kate?
0: Oh, I just wanted to give a quick shout-out to whoever set designed Noho Hank's bedroom. <laughs> 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 because it was which is one of my favorite like sets in TV ever because it it's like ripped from Urban Outfitters catalog and it doesn't make any sense if you think about what a Cheshire Mobster's bedroom would look like, but it makes perfect sense for the character. I just loved it.
1: I mean, that's another strength of the show, really, is the details and like the little things that you might even need a second viewing to see. I mean, this this you wouldn't need a second viewing to see, but something that I'll always remember from this season is Detective Loach's handwriting, like the chickens. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's trying to like bring tell him Pete's. here. Yeah. All right. So let's go to LVP's Miles.
3: I'm gonna have to go with poor Gene. Uh, you know, we see how things ended with Fuchs in the last episode. And, at, you know, at the very least, he just saw the body of the woman he fell in love with. And he's also unknowingly developing like a pretty close bond with the guy who, who killed her. So the thing is with like Gene has a very normal human reaction to when Barry tells him that story about Afghanistan. And he like constantly brings up, he's like, well, you killed someone and you got away with it. <laughs> and so if he even finds out like of what Barry is actually like, I mean, it's going to just absolutely destroy the guy.
1: I love that scene that you're referring to where... Barry spills his heart out to him about Afghanistan, and and Gene consoles him, and then he's like, "Yeah, uh, he got asks him for money or like yeah. <laughs> <Yeah.
3: laughs> race such a like cheap by skin. the way, like I charge hourly, <laughs> <laughs> but also Henry Winkler is just a national treasure. I love the guy. Like his Twitter is incredible. Last year he had like a two week run where he was just taking selfies with fish that uh, <laughs> in like a national park. It was like it's so you funny. Could Who doesn't he's love uh, the fonts. jumping the
2: shark. Oh,
3: oh.
2: so
1: your LVP. Is
2: Gene the character? character, Yeah, I mean, the
3: performance is incredible. Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, Kate?
0: Well, and my LVP is Noho Hank as a mob boss. Mm. As a character, (laughs) he's amazing, but as a mob boss, I think he's proven himself to be pretty admittedly terrible. Like, I don't know what his future holds, but I do think he should possibly pursue uh, operating a chain of hotels.
1: Yeah, that, that's actually uh, a funny set piece that you see in a couple episodes when Barry's out in the desert teaching the other Chechens how to shoot and stuff. I mean, those mm-hmm. are some of Noho Hank's best moments.
2: The fits that he's rocking in those scenes are
1: incredible.
2: <laughs> I sent one drip. of them over yeah, there. Yeah,
0: bucket hat. Very <laughs> how about his
1: disguise at Lululemon? The wig? <laughs>
2: <laughs> the wig is so
1: good. Chris, you have an LVP?
2: Yes. Moss's partner, I forget his name. Loach. Yeah, just my guy... You did all the work, you found your guy, and then you just botched the landing. You didn't even manage to kill your wife's new lover. Did you guys find that
1: improbable, that plot twist where Loach, rather than... Because I think the viewer is meant to believe that Loach is so dedicated to Moss that he's like, he wants to track down Barry and put him behind bars, but Mm -hmm. there's actually this Taekwondo expert that's sleeping with his wife. Was that kind (laughs) of weird? That,
2: That was another thing where I know that this show can be absurd in that episode where that plot all takes place is the most absurd. But like, I didn't, yeah, I didn't buy that. I didn't feel like they really built into that moment very much. You could say it's very Game of Thrones. It's very unearned because they just kind of had one seed unless I'm forgetting something from season one where they're just like, oh, my, where he's like, oh yeah, my wife left me and is with this new guy. And that's it. Also got
3: that failing quinceanera business. (laughs) Not in a Hispanic neighborhood (laughs) either. (laughs) I have a
1: couple LVPs. Fuchs. Again, not because Steven Root is a bad actor because he's great, but just because I hate the character so fucking much. It's like he's just an evil man, although funny.
3: I like how in the fifth episode when Barry, like, passes out and there's that kind of surreal thing in the desert, it, like, really does literally paint him as, like, he's making a deal with the devil. Like, yeah. he's all stylized. That's like a that. great shot where yeah. he's
1: just standing alone and his it's really, suit hair It's really sinister, back. Yeah. yeah. I also like in that episode how he super glues his hands to the steering wheel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the other LVP I have, well, I have a couple more. Lindsay, who's uh, Sally's agent, it's not really an LVP. It's just weird because she's, like, You know, we were talking about how all the characters are well-developed, and she's obviously, like, a secondary, tertiary character. But she's just, like, super good and nice. And it's... It's
2: it's so... It diverges so much from, like, normal comedic interpretations of agents like bb from fraser is such so sneaky and like so deliciously evil and ari from entourage is just like very profane and gross and well her other agents are like that i guess
1: maybe in this whole sea of darkness that is barry she's like the one beacon of light because she's actually really seems to be well-meaning and nice a weird place to put that yeah and then, of course, I haven't seen the season finale, unlike Miles. But Gene's a strange son, pops up a couple times. He's like a organic yeah. farmer's market guy or something. <laughs> I like, thought
0: that that was a great character,
1: though. <laughs> but I guess he just doesn't reappear, yeah. and I was kind of curious. Like, I mean, maybe he'll pop up in the finale. Miles is making eyes at me. All right, mm-hmm. let's go on to <laughs> picking nits. Miles.
3: So, yeah, going back to the uh, Loach thing, it's just a, it's a bit... It's a bit absurd that like a police officer would be so vindictive about his ex wife getting like a new boyfriend that instead of avenging like his partner being (laughs) murdered, he's he's like, hey, do you mind uh you know killing this guy for me and then we'll just yeah crime of passion. But you know if you accept the internal logic, like it's a pretty bleak look at humanity and you know shout out toxic masculinity, I guess. (laughs) Yeah,
1: shout out Sam, I guess.
2: Yeah,
3: Sally's ex.
0: Oh yeah. Oof.
3: Oh, he could be an LVP. Yeah. yeah
0: I forgot
2: about him.
1: Oh. He was actually really good. His, his The actor's performance, I'm sorry, I don't know his name, as like kind of a, a two-faced bro. Kate, what nits are you picking?
0: I I also hate Fuchs and <laughs> want him to suffer. And th- so this isn't necessarily a knit because maybe they'll follow up on this, but I just hope his his bite mark gets infected. Like <laughs> that, that girl took such a big chunk out of his <laughs> face and I did not see him apply any antibiotic ointment. He didn't, he didn't do any first aid on himself properly. So I'm hoping that...
1: What about Bill's, I'm um, Bill, Barry's <laughs> stitches and yeah, super cute yeah, I mean- back. <laughs> oh my gosh. Nasty. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, Chris, I mean, you already had a whole yeah. bunch of nits from episode five. Is that basically it? or So first of all, wouldn't,
2: Barry's wounds we were just talking about, wouldn't Sally see that and be like, oh, uh, when did you get stabbed? (laughs) I, I, I mean... That feels like a major thing. Like you know, you can hide that from some people, but not your
3: girlfriend. Probably. I, I think it's noticeable though, that I haven't really had any moments of intimacy in like the second half of That's the season. True, yeah. Yeah. Also,
0: she's so self-absorbed. <laughs> so if anyone was not going to notice that her boyfriend had like a gaping wound on his back, yeah,
1: I or, guess or, so. or bullet holes in her bedroom. Yeah,
2: <laughs> and then this might have just been a the score or something, but it sounded like there was blood dripping when they were looking at uh, Moss's car. And if that was blood dripping, I feel like that would have all dripped out in like the, the months between the end of last season and and episode seven. I don't know. Yeah.
1: Yeah, all my nits are from episode five. Chris, you basically went over them and Kate, the forensics stuff, the drugstore obviously having cameras and Fuchs ramming his car backwards into a police cruiser and nothing happening to him so but unlike chris i'm willing to suspend disbelief just for that episode (laughs) because that was just a crazy one-off all right let's go into quotes there's so many quotes i guess we can do it rapid fire and each person say a quote that they like around the room we'll start with miles
3: all right so this is uh (laughs) barry to ronnie uh when he finds him again at the uh at the grocery store he's like ronnie you're not 100 all right (laughs) Your throat's broken. You're stoned. (laughs) And I think, like, right after he says that, he tries to, like, go in for a kick and just hits, like, an aisle of prescription medicine.
0: But,
1: yeah, the choreography in the drugstore is amazing. Yeah. The fight choreography. Kate?
0: I liked a line that both Sally and Gene said to Barry, which was, what, are they reading extras now? (laughs) Just them being totally appalled that Barry, who is, like, not very talented in their eyes, has made it Further than either of them.
1: Yeah, the Hollywood satire in yeah. episode seven is really
2: fun. I'm surprised Miles didn't pick this one, but um Noho Hank is is talking to to Barry at the beginning of the season, and he's asking him, he's oh, what do you want to do? Go to John Wick Assassin Hotel? <laughs> because it's the one place where I guess until the end of the second movie, no one can. Kill anybody else? Seems like it would be useful.
3: Well, I mean, if you do, then you're excommunicado and you are revoked all continental hotel privileges. John Wick 3 is in theaters on Friday. (laughs) Hey, Miles, I'm going to do
1: one and maybe you can give me your no-ho-hank voice. Sure. So, I'm Barry.
3: Am I evil? Am I like an evil person? Oh, my God. I mean, absolutely. (laughs) Do I not tell you that enough? You're like the most evil guy I know, man. I love that little exchange. Okay, Miles, more quotes. Yeah. So, uh, this is Sally's agent trying to reassure Sally, look, I know it's one scene and it is another wife, but this is Benicio del Toro's <laughs> wife. So, I'm assuming she drinks.
1: <laughs> oh, poor Sally's acting
2: career. Yeah. Uh, when Noho Hank is going to take out Barry at the beginning of the season, he brings along one of his, uh, uh, slipshod Chechen assassins. Uh, the guy misses the shot and gets shot by Barry and then, uh, Noho Hank goes, oh, man, you suck balls. And then the guy responds, oh, if I suck balls, you are king of suck balls. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then later when Noho Hank brings Barry to train these assassins, they ask him, oh, like, are you the best assassin in the world? And he's like, no. And Noho Hank goes, he's being modest. He is Air Jordan of assassins. (laughs) Which uh, These, like, little lost in translation bits are are really so Also Also
1: in that desert scene... At the end of the training, actually, uh, Noho Hank is trying to have this kind of touching moment with Barry, and then the accordion player keeps playing, <laughs> who ends up double-crossing Noho Hank. But Noho Hank says, you just whipped out your accordion and you <laughs> fucked it up, man. <laughs> and actually, if you watch the kind of like behind the scenes after that episode, they talk about how whenever Noho Hank is talking, Bill Hader has to like turn his face or like look <laughs> down because he's, you know, like in SNL, when you break character, or you start laughing. And I think, I mean, Noho Hank does that. Uh, any, any other quotes from anybody?
3: So this was uh, the police chief at the beginning of the sixth episode explaining the uh, crime scene at the grocery store. He said, apparently, Detective Loach's wife, Diana, had recently left him to date Ronnie, and then they show Ronnie's photo, and he's like, so... You get it. <laughs>
1: right, because Loach is looking, like, mad disheveled, and then yeah. there's, like, this Taekwondo expert all ripped.
3: Yeah, I also read that, like, Bill Hader wanted to find, like, an intentionally kind of, like, short, like, kind of hairy, like, maybe, like, ugly-looking guy to be the karate expert, because it's, like, it'd be funny if it was, but he was, like, all those guys are just super ripped and handsome, so it's <laughs> impossible.
1: <is> it <laughs>
3: Any more for you,
1: Chris?
2: Well... When the Chachin Assassins, again, they're missing all their targets and uh, Noho Hank seems to be happy anyway. He goes, oh, they're like SEAL Team 6, like SEAL Team 7.5. <laughs> Great.
1: Great stuff. <laughs> all right, let's roll into finally our predictions for Sunday's finale. And also Season 3 because Barry has officially been renewed for a third season. Mm. In that aforementioned New Yorker profile, I just reread it last night. And there's a little spoiler actually about the finale. Should I read it? I want to know. It says, in the final episode of the second season, Barry kills a character he's grown close to, breaking down a door and shooting him. Hmm. So that's a little clue about what will happen in the finale. I'm guessing that's Hank or Fuchs. But anyway, what do you guys predict is going to happen in the finale? Remember, the last episode ended with Fuchs pointing his gun at Kuzino's head and Barry racing to get to the scene in time to save Gene.
2: I guess that ties in. I think that Barry kills Fuchs. I feel like he is the character that is the most disposable. He's not really connected with any of the other plots in the series. Also I don't really know how Fuchs would like get away and then be like a plausible like actor in the series going forward. I think that in the process of doing that he has to reveal himself to Gene as kind of an assassin, and I think obviously he gets cast in this movie or a series or something, and maybe we see uh, Barry the Big Star next next season.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I think that Barry's career next season is going to take a major upswing. He's going to get some stardom, and that's really going to complicate the fact that he has this history of murdering a bunch of people. (laughs) I thought that Gene would die, but at the same time, Henry Winkler is— such a beloved part of this cast it would be shocking for them to kill him Right. so yeah I guess it is more plausible that they're gonna kill Fuchs instead and also like I fucking hate Fuchs so I just kind of want his character to be done if he kills Hank I'm gonna be depressed out. if they kill yeah. Hank I'm out I'm but sorry especially because this is gonna air after the Game of Thrones season finale like is this just if if he does that it's gonna be like HBO just trying to make the world sad
1: Well, I have to skip Miles since he's already seen the finale. I mean, if they do kill Fuchs, if Barry does kill Fuchs, then that kind of does permanently cut the one tie that really could pull him down. Uh, Since Loach is dead now, Moss is dead. Uh, But maybe Chris, like you said, if he has to reveal himself to Gene, then Gene is the holder of Barry's dark secrets. Uh, In my opinion, I don't think there's any way that Fuchs kills Gene. I do think Barry will end up killing Fuchs. I think Sally is going to mess up her scene. I think that's probably another sort of uh, major moment of the finale when they finally do all their monologues. I think Barry's going to get a callback for swim instructors because it (laughs) looked like Jay Roach (laughs) was interested. So you guys were teasing it out for season three. You think Barry becomes a bigger star. Uh, There's a quote from Bill Hader I just read where he said, season one was hope against an obstacle. Season two is can I change my nature? No. So what am I going to do now in season three? So you think it's going to move upward where Barry's career takes off. Not some dark thing. I always feel like this whole thing is going to end with him killing himself. Maybe that's super dark, but...
0: I, I don't think it's going to go <laughs> well for him. Like, I think that whatever... If he gains career success, it's going to end up screwing him over in the end. Because people are going to see his face and be like, that's the guy that murdered my friend <laughs> right. at some point. Right. So. The karma
1: is eventually going to catch him. It's
2: all going to be over
3: yeah. the
1: backdrop of everything he's
2: done.
3: Yeah. Miles, are you at liberty to answer even having seen the finale? Um, I would just say... I don't think things will ever get better for him if he doesn't accept the fact that he is an evil person.
1: Mm, That's a good note to end. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Kate. Thank you, Miles. Super cool. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. And see you guys on the next Recapables.